I love the fact that you guys are bridging the gap between, you know, the family, right? Family policy lines and the legislators because public policy should be something that we're all involved in. But I think we're really not, right? I mean, how many people really get involved in this? Yeah, I would say sometimes the numbers are pretty low when it comes to engagement and mobilization on very important issues. You know, as a Christian, as a, an advocacy director for a Christian organization, it says in the scriptures that we should seek the welfare of the city. Welcome to the Free From Wall Street podcast, where we share how we have done over $200 million in real estate deals to create, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. If you're ready to start investing with purpose, visit freefromwallstreet.com. But for now, let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Free From Wall Street podcast. My name is Stephen Lidman. I have a friend of mine, Sean Highland, here with us today. Sean is the Director of Advocacy at the Family Policy Alliance. So if you guys have been following our story, what we do is multifamily and self-storage investments. But the heart behind the business is investing with purpose. So that means for us, that means for our investors. And on every single deal that we do, we partner with an organization that we believe in their mission and try to create some passive income for those organizations because one, we think it's our, our responsibility as business owners that create income to give as abundantly as we can. And in every single deal that we do, we partner with an organization like Sean's and carve out some equity in those deals so that they can start getting some passive income. Because Sean, it's hard to raise money, isn't it? Yes, it is, Stephen. It's always difficult to raise money, you know, to depend on the generosity and the uh, discretionary income of others uh, to give toward an, an organization or a ministry. And even though we're doing a lot of great work here in New Jersey, to be able to be partnered with you and your business, uh, it's amazing. And we're so grateful to be on your program and uh, work with you, uh, you know, in, in the future. Yeah, it's really cool to see how it is to run a fiscal budget for a business. I sit on the board of our church and it's difficult to plan on donations, Right. So, I mean, you can kind of ballpark it, but I know that one of the challenges for nonprofits is they have to leave the mission field. Right. Like what they're called to do and what the organization is supposed to be doing on a day to day basis and pivot so that they can go and raise money so that they can continue the mission. It's a vicious cycle. But, yeah, if we can help in any way, then that's what our responsibility is, too. And if you're listening to this, it's your responsibility, too. So welcome, Sean. Thanks for jumping on here with us, man. Great, Stephen. Again, I appreciate it. And as you just said, it's very different when you have to not sell a product or a service for your income, but have to actually sell a cause and be, on the, be active in, in improving the community and improving society and then depend on the generosity of others who buy in and understand the vision of what you're trying to accomplish, understand the mission, what you're trying to accomplish, but then have the, the income and, the, and the, the resources necessary to fund that vision. Uh, and it's always difficult in the nonprofit world, has been for years, probably always will be if we depend on the regular type of you know, giving that we would have from uh, business partners and, and ministry partners. But being linked into what you're doing is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, it's cool. Well, we're honored to do it. We're excited about this next project. We're closing on our deal that we're partnered in end of August. It's a 220-unit complex. So <clears throat> we're going to create a nice, clean, safe place for people to live. 220 families will be affected by us owning this and operating this uh, apartment complex. 
we have upwards of 40 individual investors that are involved in the capital piece of that deal. And we're just about fully funded. We've gotten our term sheets done. And then, yeah, the portion of equity that we're carving out for Family Policy Alliance. Hopefully, we'll start writing you guys some checks in this calendar year. So we're excited. Excellent. And we can't wait to see the benefit of that to help us really accomplish what we're trying to do here in New Jersey. Well, let's talk about that. So tell us a little bit of background about Family Policy Alliance, who you guys are, what you do, what's it look like on a state level, and uh, what's your day-to-day looking like? Sure. So Family Policy Alliance of New Jersey is an organization that wants to see a state where God is honored, religious liberty flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished. And we've been actually involved here in New Jersey about 23 years, but under a different name called the New Jersey Family Policy Council. It was an independent organization here in New Jersey that was affiliated with 40 other organizations across America, each in their state. But about a year ago, uh, that uh, independent organization actually merged with a national group called Family Policy Alliance based in Colorado Springs, focused on the family. Dr. James Dobson started uh, many years ago. And now all of our you know, communications, our political strategy, policy strategy, you know, legal and compliance staff are based in Colorado. And here in New Jersey, we hit the ground running, building relationship with pastors, with legislators, and with business leaders, informing them what's going on in our state, uh, making the church more aware and educated of certain issues that would be of great interest to them. And then obviously speaking with our legislators to promote good public policy here in New Jersey that would strengthen the family, that would protect the life of children, and that would see a, a greater stable environment to raise our kids here in New Jersey. Yeah, so I mean, clearly a conservative group, right? And you are in a war zone in New Jersey. I mean, a lot of things have changed even in the last 10 years. And maybe our ears to the ground a little bit more on it because we have children now, right? I think when you are just kind of protecting your own religious liberties and your own family, then, you know, you, you kind of, you're not involved in a lot of these day-to-day policy making ideals. In New Jersey, it's been um, more and more kind of liberal advocacy, right, over the schools and what's going on with our legislation and things like that. And that's what really caught my eye and my ear with your organization is, I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, a seven-month-old, and they're changing what they're teaching in schools, right? And what and what ages they're teaching them. And I know that right now you guys have a campaign that is fighting for girls across the country to help girls stay in all-girls sport, right? We have a lot of uh, transgender men that are coming in and playing sports and just, I mean, they're crushing records, right, across the country in track and field and wrestling and all kinds of things because they're competing against a different sex and uh, they're allowing it, they're promoting it. And, you know, I have two daughters that eventually will want to go play softball and field hockey and things like that. And I think it's important to protect our, our girls, right? So you guys are really on the front lines of that. Yeah, if you were to hashtag Save Girls Sports, uh, you'll see a big social media campaign, both on Twitter and Facebook and, and, and other platforms. We were very influential in our affiliate state um, over in Idaho, where they were able to pass a law that would prevent biological men from pushing out girls on sports teams and scholarships and playing in their place and beating them. And oftentimes what would happen are you have these young female athletes who have trained for years, hoping to maybe get a scholarship for a university, you know, take advantage of an opportunity that Title IX guaranteed them on federal law that there are certain protections 
you know, based upon sex and that you can't be discriminated against based upon sex. And you so these women's opportunities that were fought for so hard decades before are now being lost to a, a postmodern worldview that allows men to identify as females and then play in their sports leagues and win competitive, you know, sports games that sometimes would ruin scholarship opportunities and ruin educational opportunities for these females. And so we've been on the front lines of Save Girl Sports campaigns nationwide and of course here in New Jersey, trying to advocate again for a good public policy that protects and respects the rights of women playing in sports and in the education field overall. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, right? Because we have uh, kids that are doing this, but we we also work out at a mixed martial arts gym. This is a conversation going up all the way up to professional sports, where now there's um, women that are competing in MMA that have to compete against biological men, and they're getting hurt pretty badly too. So it's an important topic to talk about. Sometimes a little bit uncomfortable, right? <laughs> that some people don't want to talk about this stuff, but I think it's an important conversation. And I think the fact that you guys do such a great job of leading with love and having the conversation in an open, honest way that is not condemning, right? We're not talking about what's right or wrong for the individual. We're talking about societal issues that we need to talk about with our legislators that, you know, protect society as a whole. So it's a really amazing cause, right? That's just one of them. But I love the fact that you guys are bridging the gap between you know, the family, right? Family policy lines and the legislators because public policy should be something that we're all involved in. But I think we're really not, right? I mean, how many people really get involved in this? Yeah, I would say sometimes the numbers are pretty low when it comes to engagement and mobilization on very important issues. You know, as a Christian, as a advocacy director for a Christian organization, it says in the scriptures that we should seek the welfare of the city. It's Jeremiah 29, 7. So, we have a biblical command and mandate to seek what is good for the city, for the state, for the nation that we find our families living in. Because whatever happens to that society eventually affects our family. So we just can't ignore public policy. We can't think it's something that we shouldn't be involved in. I understand sometimes Christians and others, obviously, don't want to get involved in policy work because they kind of identify that with politics. But really politics is nothing more than the strategy of winning an election. Uh, policy making is something a little bit different. That's when it comes to actually governing and administrating and creating and drafting laws and legislation that affects the everyday family and the everyday individual. And if we really love our neighbor, and as a man of faith, I do, I want to make sure that I build a society that's good for my neighbor, that's healthy for my neighbor, that benefits my neighbor by prospering a society that's full of uh, peace and wisdom and respect for all people. Yeah. And so let's talk about some of the most recent victories because you guys have been victorious. I mean, obviously in New Jersey, we're not always victorious, but you're having great conversations. You're bridging the conversational gap with our legislators, regardless of what side of the aisle they sit on. Right. I mean, you're, you're having great conversations with both sides. Right. So we are a nonpartisan organization, again, because we're about making policy. And uh, when both sides are in government, you need to dialogue and speak with both sides and convince them of your position and your worldview. And ultimately, the policies that you're advocating for is what's good for the state. And for those in government that really have a heart for New Jersey, we would expect them and we have seen them you know, make the right decision often that would benefit New Jersey and not necessarily an allegiance to any other group or party platform. Uh, I think one thing happened recently, and it's happening a lot in New Jersey and really across America, and especially in Canada and Europe, is this assault on parental rights. 
you're seeing often more and more the government, maybe their intentions are good. I'm not trying to fault them what they're trying to accomplish, but oftentimes they overreach and they begin to interfere between the relationship of a parent and their child. And again, there might be some situations where there might be you know, abuse or other reasons why the government would need to step in. But for your everyday family, the parent has the right and the responsibility to raise the child as a parent sees fit. But more and more, we're seeing that the state government wants to dictate what parents are supposed to teach their children, what children are supposed to learn, and even kind of dictate the health records of the children and the health care of the children. For example, they had a bill in New Jersey recently that was introduced that would require a mental health screening in public school for all students in middle school and high school. Now, you know, on the on this platform, on the surface, the mental health screening might be very beneficial. And I understand kids face depression. And there may be some parents who are so thankful for that mental health screening. We're not advocating against the screening. All that we advocated for was to make sure the parent has to consent that their child gets screened, that their child has a conversation with a professional that is going to ask them questions that might open up a box of more questions. And they wanted to, at first, pass legislation that would not require parental consent or parental knowledge of such a mental health screening going on in the public school. And there were advocacy groups, Stephen, that were in the committee hearing with me advocating against parents having the right to consent to their child having this interview or this mental health screening. So again, I see there's some groups and some um, individuals here in our state that would like to, I guess, um, get parents out of the way. But we believe in the Family Policy Alliance of New Jersey that parents are the ultimate caregivers of their children and should be involved in every decision in their life. Yeah, I mean, I can't see, you know, and not there at the hearings and and whatnot, but what is the perceived benefit of keeping the parents out of the lives? I mean, I think over and over again, you see that the most healthy, stable families have the parents heavily involved in the child's life. So to take them out of that decision, to me, doesn't make a ton of sense either. I, I recently learned that New Jersey is one of the only states where you don't need consent to go have an abortion if you're a child. I mean, right? Correct. Uh, in New Jersey, there's no parental consent or parental knowledge necessary to, to have an abortion. And that's a very serious decision. You know, it's never easy for a woman to make that decision. You know, it's very painful. But to have a, a young teenage girl making a decision without the consent or the, or the discussion with their parents, is heartbreaking. And you have other adults involved in the situation. You have other school counselors, other school administrators, school nurses, other healthcare professionals involved in the situation, talking to the young girl, but not her parents. So how can one adult who has no relationship, no commitment, no no bonding, no love towards this child be the one leading them and guiding them during this difficult process and not have the parent be there for the child? That's very troubling. And we want to see that change here in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the weight of that decision for anybody, let alone a 14-year-old girl, right? It's uh. So, and this is what I love about the organization. It's not about partisan politics. It's not about what you believe necessarily, what you don't. It's just about the rights that we should have, right? That where the government shouldn't be overreaching and saying, hey, this is what I require you to do or require you not to do now. I mean, I know that uh, there was a, a law proposed about not being able to opt out of vaccinations. And regardless of pro-vaccination, anti-vaccination, whatever side of that conversation you're on, I think you should be troubled by the government not allowing you to, quote, opt out of anything, right? If there's required mandates and that that becomes, I think, 
troubling that you can't have a religious exemption from something if it goes against your moral standard. And regardless of your religion, regardless of your moral purview on these things, you should want your own rights to be <laughs> to stay with you, not be dictated by the government. So anyway, that bill got quashed and, um, you know, parents got to keep their rights there. So there's good conversations going on in New Jersey. I mean, you know, we're typically a, a progressive state, right? But you guys are having good conversations again on both sides of the aisle and talking about all kinds of different things. So if people want to learn more about, you know, Family Policy Alliance, kind of what it is that you guys are doing, where can we send them? Yeah, our main website is familypolicyalliance.com slash New Jersey. If you go to familypolicy.com, the original web address, you'll get our national organization. You can still do that, but there'll be a drop-down menu of different states. You can choose New Jersey or see other states across the nation. But if you go directly to our site, it's familypolicyalliance.com slash New Jersey. Or on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash FPA of New Jersey. And you'll see our Facebook page. With, we have daily updates on what's going on across our state. Cool. And what do you got going on now? I mean, what's the focus? Focus right now, again, is on the rights of parents in particular. There's a lot of stuff going on in our in our public school districts that we're trying to make sure parents are aware of. Uh, I think most recently something that we'll be testifying on is um, that the state is trying to create a database of approved textbook companies. Uh, and if a certain textbook company doesn't fit what the state wants when it comes to their socially progressive agenda, then no local school district can purchase a textbook from a company. So there are textbooks that have been purchased for decades, for years, and certain textbook companies at the local level, because it's supposed to be the elected school board members and the board of education, along with parents working together in consultation to decide on curriculum and books. But now they want to remove the school board members and the school board from any type of curriculum decisions and put it all in the hands of state government. And again, that's the overreach that's so concerning and troubling, because education is best left at the local level between electable school board members and parents, not at the state level, but bureaucrats and other policy organizations trying to you know, push what they want to see accomplished in our state and leaving parents and educators on the sidelines at the local level. So we're working on that bill over the next few months as well. Yeah, that's an important one. I mean, teachers and parents are the ones that sit on these local school boards. Why would you try to remove the education platform from their hands when they're the ones interacting with students on a day-to-day basis? It just, yeah, we're a little... Uh, Sometimes the government is trying to get involved in too much, but, you know, we're a fan of small government. Obviously, they want big government. So that therein lies the issue. So, well, we're excited to be able to support you guys in kind of all of these different things that you're doing. We appreciate all the work that you do. Again, we support organizations like this one in every deal that we do. We're kind of like the Amazon smile of apartment complexes. So if you want to learn more about who we are too, go to integrityhg.com. You can see some of the deals that we've done historically. And then you can click on the invest with purpose tab and you can see all of the different nonprofits that we're helping, you know, Family Policy Alliance certainly being one of them right here in Tom's River. We're assisting with the Tom's River Field of Dreams build out right now, which is a 100% disabled park um, where you can do, you know, wheelchairs on baseball fields and bocce courts and all kinds of, you know, so handicap accessible playground is probably the biggest one in the country that they're building. So cool stuff. We have a responsibility, I think, as business owners to align ourselves with organizations with visions and missions that align with ours. So we're grateful for you guys. We're excited to continue to partner. Any parting thoughts? 
No, just to those who are listening, uh, if you do attend a church and you have a pastor or priest that you see on a regular basis, encourage them to check out familypolicyalliance.com slash New Jersey. Uh, we put together pastor meetings with legislators every month. It's a video phone call where uh, priests and pastors can get together with state legislators and speak with them, have a Q&A with them, have some dialogue and really hear their heart and encourage them and pray with them. I mean, we want to see the legislators know that we want the best for New Jersey and for those serving in elected office, we want the best for them and their families. And it's a great way to connect in clergy, pastors with the elected officials of our state. But again, they would just reach out to us at fanpolicyalliance.com slash New Jersey. We can get their pastor or priest a part of that meeting. Awesome. I love that. It's our job to pray for our leaders, right? Regardless of whether or not you agree with their policies or not, because they are inherently leading us. So we will continue to pray for you guys and pray for our leaders as well. Thank you, Sean, for everything you guys are doing. I can't wait to see you again soon after this pandemic clears up. We'll go grab a cup of coffee. That sounds good, Stephen. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. If you are listening, thank you so much for checking out the Free From Wall Street podcast. If you haven't done so already, go to freefromwallstreet.com and download the five things your financial advisor does not want you to know, and then don't tell them about it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Free From Wall Street podcast. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think.